The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello and welcome once again to IGN's PlayStation Show. I'm your host, Max Scoville, and I'm joined once again by Jada Griffin. Hello. It is a wonderful day to be in studio talking PlayStation stuff. We'll see. Josh Dew. <laughs> What's up? Hey, how's it going? Hey, man. What's and joining up? us remotely from Los Angeles, the city of angels, our very own angel, Akeem Lawanson. Aw, thank you so much, Max. Thank you for having me back. I'm, I'm excited to talk shop with you and everyone else. Yeah, so we got some cool stuff to talk about today. We are you're, you're dressed in the right color scheme because we are going to be talking a little bit about Crash Bandicoot because I feel like it. But also we got some sales numbers on. Wait, actually not numbers. We got apparently Modern Warfare Two is breaking records across the board. But uh, we got some less exciting numbers, which is PlayStation Plus taking a pretty big drop. Uh, we got some news to talk about later on. But first, let's get into this. We got a financial earnings call from uh, from Sony, which said that. Uh, They've sold 25 million PS5s, which is great, but they also have lost 2 million PlayStation Plus subscribers, which is not great. That's a, uh, I believe, 4% dip um, in overall subscriber numbers, which is, you know, substantial. And uh, yeah, how do, we, how do we feel about this? I mean, the I think it's a little bit to be expected. The new PS Plus model is complex to be just put a positive spin on it um but it, it's confusing you know at worst to some people they don't i think it's still not very clear i, I still don't know what it extra is extra or premium is the <laughs> yeah. best tier yeah which one do you think it is premium or what extra premium's the better one right yes okay great. see but we have to have the discussion and you're on our yeah, playstation i wasn't podcast. even sure yeah <laughs> so like i think it's a little bit of that like that's you know that's what well, the thing is Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, like, the higher tier is definitely, obviously, I mean, you just assume it's the better product uh, or the better service. Um, and I, I believe, like, you know, Sony, Sony actually highlighted that the ratio of gamers subscribed to the service is significantly higher on the PS5 than those on the PS4 console. And I think that's because, uh, like, if you think about it, a lot of people that currently own PS5s, maybe you have, like, disposable income, you know, or, you know, or like, like for us, like, I feel like I, I had to get it for work like if i if i weren't in in this industry i probably wouldn't even get you know uh yes plus premium i wouldn't get it you know i I I can find people who work who work there it's like that's a that's a valid point like if if you are the kind of person who's gonna slap down 500 bucks on a new console you're probably also gonna you know spend some money on a subscription for you know games or online play or what have you um there are a few other sort of interesting factors here uh one which didn't get you know, name checked or anything, but back in April, some new policies got enacted by UK's Competition and Markets Authority um, that also extended to uh, Microsoft and Nintendo that made them all kind of change their billing policies, Mm -hmm. which um, the way Sony complied was by sending out emails to any longtime inactive subscribers and basically tell them how they could cancel their subscriptions if they were just sort of unaware that they were still subscribed. And anybody who didn't respond would have their membership canceled. Like if they're basically like, this is a dead account. So that kicked in around, I mean, late April. And then this dip, it went from 47.3 million at the end of June to 45.4 million in three months leading up to September 30th. Um, I don't, I don't think that that many people had like <laughs> had like left their accounts unattended. I don't think that's the case, but that is sort of a factor. I think maybe there were, yeah. there's a contingent of people who were like, oh, I forgot I was subscribed to that, which I've, you know, I've, I've done that. Like, I, I think like, we all have yeah. at least one yeah. service that we're, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I can't yeah. believe that. Is it actually possible? It's so 
is it actually possible to just cancel a service for people? That's like that's like YouTube just like unsubscribing me to someone because I haven't watched their video in like three months. That's a similar <laughs> I mean, type not, of thing. You're not paying, you know, money for that, I guess. I don't know. It's I, it's funny. I haven't watched I think... Peacock. I haven't watched Peacock in like, and I I have Peacock. I haven't watched it in like three months. <laughs> I, I hope I'm still subscribed to it at least. Well, this was from the EU only. Was that it? It's. I mean, it, I think it applied across the board, but it was basically a change in policy with you know this UK organization that. Okay. And it, it, it's weird UK. because Nintendo and Microsoft both did similar things, but they kind of took a different approach. I can't remember the exact details, but I think like, I think Microsoft made it much easier to unsubscribe, but it was like through. It was like through the interface on Xbox, hmm. something like that. Um, it's I don't know. It's it's a good policy. Like this is that kind of government meddling that I'm actually a pretty big fan of because it's just it results in kind of, I don't know better better quality of life for us. Like it's yeah. just. I mean, and if you did get unsubscribed, like if you want to get back on, it's very yeah, no, easy. It's, they right? don't they don't yeah. make it too hard. I mean, it's, you do have to kind of you know figure out what what you're signing up for, but. Um, <laughs> It's, I mean, it's <laughs> essential premium extra. Yeah. yeah. Essential that... extra premium. Oh, okay. Sure. Plus I mean, ultra. We, yeah. yeah. Ultra I mean, deluxe. We like to, you know, kind of look at this cross-eyed, but like I, there are, you know, other factors here. Um, people are, people are subscribing to less stuff. People are, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, tightening bootstraps and, uh, you know, looking at their budgets more closely. Uh, Netflix lost 1.2 million subscribers this year or quarter or whatever. And HBO and HBO Max lost 1.8 million, which may or may not have something to do with them uh, <laughs> going in there and just chopping heads left and right. Um, but then, of course, there's the the factor that you know Game Pass drives a pretty pretty tough competition on it the does. other side of the other side of the field there. Um, and there's a lot more games going to PC, which is you know so like that PC market. Like if maybe somebody was playing more of their games on PlayStation and then they got a new PC and all these new things are coming to PC, you're like, I don't really need to do PlayStation Plus as much. I can just do PC. Granted, some of the stuff you can play on your PC, but you know, more mm -hmm. stuff being available on PC means less time spent on your console, which means less need for a subscription. Yeah, uh, but Akeem, to your point, you said that the the ratio of uh, PS5 owners who have this who have you know playstation plus versus ps4 owners is is higher uh and sony leadership plans to accelerate the adoption of ps5 hardware to recover for this user engagement going forward which seems sort of like a no-brainer like they want to sell more consoles you think that would be sort of the goal from the get-go but i guess that's one way of kind of offsetting it i mean they've been saying they're going to sell more ps5s for the past what like two years now <laughs> like well come on yeah i mean they're, they're selling this is this yeah. is you know there's what 25 million of them out there which is good uh just before we started recording i saw a story going around that microsoft is losing 100 to 200 dollars per series s or series x sold which is you know again they're they're betting hard on on game pass and building that whole ecosystem mm -hmm. out and if that means getting a you know a console into somebody's hands for dirt cheap so they can get them on board then that's one way to go about it and we also yeah we also heard that they weren't meeting uh expectations for people signing up for game pass so everyone's kind of hurting and i mean and that's common with the, the selling at a loss like every console is basically sold at a loss since the beginning of time except for nintendo except for nintendo <laughs> you're right because they're cagey uh, they are very cagey um but yeah like it's that's fairly normal for a console to sell 100 you know 50 to 100 dollars under cost or they eat that cost because software and heart and you know additional accessories and subscriptions have always been the way to make that up nice now moving on we also have some sort of data on call of duty modern warfare sales which when when that game came out is sort of open to interpretation because some people got on board early with the campaign mm -hmm. and then the Warzone hasn't come out yet and it's sort of just in this rolling rollout uh but either way playstation basically tweeted that it is the it is the fastest selling greatest best all-time record-breaking I'll read it to you. It just says, congratulations to Infinity Ward and Activision on the biggest PlayStation Store launch ever for a Call of Duty game, including pre-orders and day one sales. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is now available for PS4 and PS5. This is, you know, obviously this is a little bit of marketing. This is 100%. Yeah, tied in with, um, you know, PlayStation and uh, Call of Duty have a deal going on, and they have since, uh, since last console generation. And this is, you know, hyping it up, being like, hey, everyone else is doing it. You want to do it? You want to do Modern Warfare? Uh, but it does kind of raise an interesting interesting point where you know we've been wondering if call of duty is gonna go over to xbox because you know they scooped up activision it's not uh phil spencer said in an interview recently that uh, call of duty is going to stay on playstation as long as there is playstation which is pretty similar to how minecraft has behaved since microsoft acquired uh, mojang um 
So it's it's kind of funny to see PlayStation hype up these sales and then Xbox to be so like, yeah, that's cool, go, go for it. Uh, but the other sort of interesting kind of thing that's happening is that uh, the next Call of Duty won't be until 2024. This is Modern Warfare 2 is going to be the big one for quite some time, which means that it will inevitably sell really well. Uh, but whenever the next one rolls out, there's a really good chance, if not a, a definite possibility, that it is going to be a day one thing on Game Pass. And you kind of have to wonder how many people are going to slap down 70 bucks to buy it on PlayStation versus sign up for Game Pass and just play it day and date. I think it's going to, you know, really depend on those, the, the gamers out there that have the Xbox as well. You know, like, I have an Xbox Series X. I probably would be one of those people who just swap over and play it on Game Pass mm -hmm. because for me, Call of Duty doesn't, you know, it's not the most long-lived experience for me. I play through the campaign. I prestige once, maybe twice. And then I've, I felt like I've kind of done it all. And so I've just kind of moved on to other stuff. But it's also, you know, part of the profession. I have to play a lot of games, so I don't have time to prestige 30 times through Call of Duty. I don't even know how many yeah, prestiges fake, it goes up fake to. Fake gamer. I know, I'm such a fake gamer. Um, you know, prestiging once or twice in the first week of launch is just not enough, apparently, to submit myself as a gamer. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's going to come down to who has, you know, what console people have in their household. Mm -hmm. If you have an Xbox, you'll probably play it on Xbox for free. If you, have it on, if you only have a PlayStation, I don't see people spending... Two hundred and two hundred dollars to play Call of Duty, like to buy a Series S or yeah. three hundred. I mean, it, it's is. it's a it's a changing sort of playing field, battlefield, whatever you want to call yeah. it. It's the way people consume Call of Duty has shifted quite a bit in recent years. Where Warzone is a, is a huge thing right now, like that's yep. obviously the big thing, and it's free to play. Yeah, and it's kind of weird to like. I mean, you know, there's always that. Um, so I don't I don't know the stats. Vocal minority, just quiet enjoyers of it, but like some people love the campaign. And some people love the sort of conventional multiplayer. And some people don't bother with either of those things and just jump on a war zone. And it's sort of interesting to see how, you know, we've watched Call of Duty shift from a very straightforward annualized release, comes in a box, you buy it every November, to eh, it's a games as a service that is going to be constantly evolving and come by next month because we've turned Godzilla loose on the island. Like that kind of <laughs> weird eventized approach. But um yeah, I would say that the you know the the direction it's going definitely seems very much in line with uh, with the sort of Game Pass model of just Xbox trying to really build a an ecosystem and have a you know it's it's less about the um, number of things as it is the number of people who are in in one place consuming those. It's not like you know a yeah. physical game sale. That's more like how many people do you have signed up for this. <laughs> This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. And now, back to the show. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. No, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious though. Let's say you do own both consoles, uh, like you have a PS5, you have an, uh, an Xbox Series X or S, whichever one. Uh, what would make you, uh, Max? I'm just going to toss this question out to you. What would make you? such a loyalist that you would just get it on the ps5 as opposed to just like getting it on game pass like would there ever would you imagine a world where that would happen and what would um, that world look like the unmistakable thrill of the active triggers it uh, really feels like you're shooting a little gun with the with the dual sense controller those haptics go a long way or speak or you could just have an <laughs> your money gun and you just want to shoot it around and so you just want to spend that seventy dollars. I wish I had a money gun prop. I was I reached down here, I was gonna grab my money gun You're prop. Us down, man. I thought yeah. you had money guns. What's going on here? <laughs> I have lots of other props, just no, not I mean, my money gun prop. It's it's easy to kind of look at this stuff and get sort of like, oh, everyone's gonna jump ship and go over to Xbox. And at the end of the day, like there are still people who are just ride or die for PlayStation, and that's yeah. like a lot of them listen to our to our show, and I completely get that. Like, yeah, some people are like the way they consume games. Game Pass is not an appealing thing. They want to, you know, they want to buy a game in a box once every few months and enjoy the hell out of it, and then move on to the next thing. The, yeah, and you know, it's one thing to it's it's tricky because like it used to be those loyalties are like, oh, I want to play on PlayStation because my friends are playing on PlayStation, but mm -hmm. so many games are doing crossplay mm -hmm. now. Yeah. So that's like another big point. Like, is I don't even know if the, I haven't checked if the new one is crossplay so or not. It, it's actually kind of funny what's going on there because it's sort of yes question mark it's crossplay uh you can't turn it off on on what? pc it's crossplay yes or yes you cannot change that <laughs> on xbox you can turn it off but you have to turn off crossplay for all games entirely so you have to do it through like the xbox ui playstation they're just like yeah you can turn off crossplay if you don't want to slum it with those other people just <laughs> keep it exclusively in the playstation family which i i imagine is a byproduct of kind of Sony's long history of not really wanting to dabble in crossplay. Like we mm -hmm. got reports that they, you know, killed crossplay on I think it was Rocket League and God, I forget what the other one was. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there was that whole big kind of push me pull you with mm -hmm. with Fortnite, which was like, oh, it's the biggest game in the world. Is Sony going to budge on this? And it's I think it's good that they have crossplay out there. Uh, it is. It's got to be this kind of funny. You know, it's it, that's how you keep that that ecosystem alive by having as many people playing with each other as possible. Um, it's just sort of funny that Microsoft is like, no, 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 you can't, you can't turn that off. Don't, don't touch that. Leave that alone. <laughs> Apparently Warzone had an existing sort of known issue with this where same deal where you can go in the menu and turn off crossplay. Uh, but in Microsoft, if you do that, the second you like queue up to get in a game, it just, it's like, Hey, uh, you, you, you got to turn that back on, which is like, why is that an option to turn it off in the first <laughs> oh, place? Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I wanted to, this, we've got sort of old, old data here, but I think it's sort of easy to look at Call of Duty as being like this, this big, huge thing and like how, exactly how, how big of a deal it is to Sony is kind of amazing. This is data as of 2019, but the best-selling third-party games um, by platform as of 2019 for, for Sony, Sony hardware, the 4th, 5th, 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th place are all Call of Duty. The rest is uh, a couple GTAs, Red Dead, and then Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock. That's, that one blows two. my yeah. mind. That's yeah. number two on the so list. So many yeah. people still out there playing Guitar Hero to this day. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, it's, it's, we frequently talk about like, you know, PlayStation's exclusives and the first party library and all that. Mm -hmm. And it's like a lot of people just, they want to buy Call of Duty. You know, they want to get in there and, and shoot some guns. And, you know, that used to be a thing where you'd have to go in the store and buy it in November. And I don't know, it's, it's interesting to see that, that whole thing kind of shift. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Let us, let us know in the comments, what you all make of this. What is, wh who, how many of our listeners play call of duty? Like, I, I feel like it's, it's very much like a, 
I always like imagine Call of Duty as more of like an Xbox type of like mm-hmm. genre, you know, like the, the PlayStation controller isn't my ideal controller to play a first person shooter. Like the Xbox controller, mm-hmm. I think, is great for first person shooters. I mean, that's just you like the brain. you like the displaced thumbsticks. Yeah, I think ways? it works really well for me. I think maybe because my first real like FPS was Halo. Okay. So like I think maybe that kind of got ingrained into me and I'm like when I want to play a fps on a console i usually gravitate towards xbox yeah i i've never even owned an xbox like we were talking earlier about like what would make people jump ship would this make people jump ship to xbox and go on game pass uh i don't know like i the barrier to entry is so much lower uh to just subscribe to a small fee to game pass and like get a cheaper xbox maybe and then just like always have that on in the background it's like this best of both worlds of like warzone being free to play and mm-hmm. you can kind of just jump on uh and then now you're just paying a little bit now you can just jump on to like any game on game pass especially if it's call of duty gonna come out in like 2024 right mm-hmm. you said i don't know i i i like it <laughs> I, I like that there's this this non-traditional approach to like how you sell games nowadays like before it's mm-hmm. like Okay, okay, there's a point in time yeah. where it's like free to play was like crappy mobile games yeah. and like yep. Ma- Maple Story or whatever. Like there wasn't right. really a huge. And we all played that for countless hours. Yeah. And, it, and so much <laughs> of it was like, like it's pay to win too, right? And like that's the thing I hated about like these free to play games. But like, you know, these new free to play models are, you know, if I, I was playing Apex for like three years and I never paid a cent to them. Yeah. I love that. And like I never mm-hmm. felt like I was missing out on like being better at the game because I never paid them money. And like this new model, I love it. Um and so if they're going to just keep doing with this and like kind of messing with the traditional way of selling games like okay, here's a new game, it's 60-70. It's or you can just pay a little bit of money every month, like mm-hmm. kind of like pay it off <laughs> essentially. It's the uh, new layaway. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm super into it. Well, I would be whenever the next Call of Duty comes out. I'm sure it will still do just fine. I'm not yes. worried about oh, it. Selling, I would never be worried for Call of Duty. I, I would be curious, partially if, if if it tops Modern Warfare Two, just also because Modern Warfare Two is going to have such a long tail on it because yep. there is going to be that much of a wait until it. You know, you're going to have late adopters that are going to be picking it up late exactly, down the road. Yeah, yeah there's going to be this is going to be you know, and there'll be sales on it yeah. that as time progresses, and they're just going to constantly find new audiences. So I honestly hope that. Call of Duty kind of follows that and just kind of sticks to a two-year like cycle instead of doing this yearly cycle that they've been stuck in for the last decade because it you just need I don't I don't know. I don't feel like we need a new Call of Duty every single year. I feel like they can do just as well by adding new maps, adding new content, mm-hmm. whatever that means, guns, you know, operators, whatever, modes. Godzilla. Godzilla's well, King Kong. You know what? You know what, Jada, Jada we also we also don't need. I don't think we need a new FIFA every single year, but we're oh, gonna get it. Agree. You know what I mean? Hundred um, percent agree. That's a whole. I just want to out there. <laughs> That's a whole I'm just saying. There's a lot of games that do not need annual releases. Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, it's we're we're sort of seeing that with Assassin's Creed. Apparently, like there's going to be Assassin's Creed Infinity, which is this whole games as a service model, and it's man. Yeah, I wonder what that's going to be like. It's such a different product than buying a game and popping it in and playing a game for until you beat it you know it's yeah. not a yep. thing you beat it's like you know it's gonna be weird media, like basically yeah for us too when we're like voting on game of the year or whatever it's like yeah maybe this game that has been around for you know mm-hmm. five years but suddenly this year their season was phenomenal and like well now we're gonna have, to add, game new, of the year. We're gonna yeah, have I mean, to add a new category for that yeah, like exactly. we have to figure out what the categories i mean look Fort, like. Fortnite didn't get any games of the year that i'm aware of like yeah, it, right it, kind of kept growing and evolving and it was consistently one of the biggest games around but it's just kind of funny because it never had that like i mean it did have that release but it no one cared until it dropped a battle (laughs) (laughs) um now moving on josh you prepared a wonderful game for us a couple episodes ago yeah play the music please welcome to station plus uh, I think I timed that well. That was very good. Thank you. I've been rehearsing it for the past uh, 10 minutes in my head. Uh, I you were about Akeem, to break this... out in song for a second. I know. I I, I, wouldn't that be great? Like, we just went into a whole musical number. Um, <laughs> Akeem, this is your first time playing. Um, it's very similar to a game that rhymes with Damnly Dude. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> That sounds like an animated, like a Hanna-Barbera 
Yeah, animated right? series. Damnly, dude. Damnly, uh, dude. <laughs> uh, we pulled the audience. Beg uh, your pardon. <laughs> we <laughs> we sent out a survey. How about that? That's we sent better. out a survey uh, on IG and Twitter and just asked these random questions about PlayStation. Uh, we got over a thousand uh, responses. Um, and I got like the top six answers for all of them. We're going to quiz you guys, not on how well you know the mm-hmm. games, but how well you know these gamers. I like this. Uh, oh, last week, Akeem, we talked about, we tried to guess what people would think Crash Bandicoot was if they didn't know that he was a Bandicoot. And it was, like, I, I, would, I would have said Tasmanian Devil. That was wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was like the like, second yeah. most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 t- I told my wife about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she's like... I didn't know a bandicoot was an animal. I thought that was his last name. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm Crash, Crash Bandicoot here. She doesn't listen to this show. Look, honestly, Mr. Bandicoot here. <laughs> like, yeah, and before I started working here, I thought the same thing. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I had. What no would that idea. family tree look like? It would just be <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know what the bandicoot is. A relative what kind of, of a name is that anyway? Yeah, anyway. Eastern European. Like I don't know what the what. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, last week as well, there's a little bit of uh, potential controversy because some people noticed that Jada was sitting right next to me and like, I have all not, the not, not some right? people. Oh, yeah. I noticed. Yeah. I noticed that, Jada. I wasn't, I wasn't on the episode. I saw it. We clipped it out. We put it in our Slack channel. And I was like, you know what? I got to call, call Jada out on this. What was going on here? So look right there, Jada, you're looking very sly. She's you're looking, looking very yeah. sly right you now. Can, and, and then look at that right there. You're looking down. What so are you looking at right there, what Jada? What we're seeing here is, uh, hold on, hold on. I'm getting a note from our, our producers here. It's a bunch okay. of bullshit oh. um, is what we're getting. Because um, this is that that's, that's me blinking is what that is. That is me blinking. So for those of you listening at home who can't see the images, what we have clear is, is an image that clearly shows Jada just looking at Josh's laptop screen and obviously cheating. My I eyes mean, are my eyes are closed in this. And image. her face is like, oh yeah, I'm reading yeah. all. Mm-hmm. Might like, I remind yeah. you guys that out of the like what we had we had to guess what ten answers or whatever? Sure, six. Something six. Yeah. I got what one. Yeah. You also did very <laughs> so bad. I did terrible. So if I'm cheating, then yeah. I am the worst cheater in the world. Yeah. That's what um, Jada. It's either, it's either that or you're, you're looking at that you. glass. So, oh, so glass this is all the right long there. game I'm playing. Yeah. I just, I, you know, just sacked the race in the well, first. To further and... avoid any controversy, I'm just going to shift the laptop this way a little <laughs> Thank more. You. Um, all right, let's let's get into it. I want to. Yeah, this first game's called Clear the Board. Uh, we're gonna go around. Uh, you're gonna try to guess one of the answers to the question. If it's in the top six, you get to keep guessing. Uh, if not, if you get one wrong, it's gonna move on to the next person. The person who gets the final answer will get the six points or five points. I don't know. I'm making this up. Uh, we're gonna clear the board. Akeem, since you're here for the first time, we'll throw to you first. Uh, very similar question to last week's. If you didn't know Sonic was a hedgehog, even though his name is Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, what animal would you think he is? Uh, porcupine. Porcupine is the number one answer. 37% yes. of the people said that. That's a, that's a gimme, right? He's, he's spiky. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your next guess? <laughs> next guess? Yeah, there are uh, five after number one. Here. What in the world? Uh, okay, if it if he's not a uh, an ant eater, I don't know. No, ant eater is not on the board here. Max, I throw to you. Mouse, mouse is on here. Number two answer, mouse slash rat, eleven percent. That's that, I was gonna be my next. Now my too next bad. Guess. We got four more answers on the board. <sighs> Dog. Dog. Number four. Oh, All right, he's he's on it. All right. Heating up. He's heating up. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> um, cat. Cat is number three. Wow. Heating up. You got the last two answers left. I think my guess is going to be way too out of the box. Bat. No. Oh. A bat has wings, Max. I don't know. He moves yeah. very quickly. It's hard to see what he's. He's a literal blue blur. I don't know what he's doing down there. <laughs> Jada, third to you. Last two answers. Armadillo. Ooh, good guess. Not on here, though. Yeah. Like I said, two out of the box. I'm thinking too highly of our audience. We got two more. Oh, wow. Um, uh, Boy. So, okay. Armadillo. Jada already said that. I said Anteater. Uh, Clearly incorrect answers. Um, uh, A a gopher? (laughs) That's a good one, actually. Gopher's not on here. All right. Max, I'm going back to you. Fox, yes. Echidna. 
and echidna. Oh my Whoa. goodness. What Are in the world? How did you, did you get access to my Google Doc? See? See? Incredible. And y'all think I'm cheating. Wow. That was real. What? What inspired my those My theory answers? is that Sonic the Hedgehog fans only know the animals that are in those games. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I guess the bat and then oh, the cat. Okay. Wow. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's actually very wow, good. That was yeah. genius. Yeah. Yes, Knuckles yeah, isn't a kid. Uh, yeah, that was going to be my hint at some point, but oh, man, you goodness. didn't need it. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, He's a big knuckle. Is he a knuckle? <laughs> He's got two of them. I don't like that at all. <laughs> uh, all right. You got five points, Max. Congrats. Sweet. This next game's a little bit trickier. Uh, I'm going to give you... I'll start with you, Max. Uh, I'll give you the question and two answers. Oh. And you're going to give one to Akeem, one to Jada. Whichever was more popular, that person will get three points. The other person gets zero. Does that make sense? So yeah. you're not going to get any points here. So you're going to try to okay. sabotage whoever you think is a threat. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to get the less... Give the less popular one to yes. the person I you okay. hate so much. I like both of them, and I feel like this sets up a lot it's of weird fine, political. No, it's, it's fine, Max. No, it's fine. No, 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 we no. talked about it. We it's talked fine. about it over the you're weekend. You get, We're okay with hating okay. each other. Okay. <laughs> you cheated, so you get the you get the bad points. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If PlayStation All Stars was coming back, which new character would you add? Aloy or Spider Man? Are you gonna give Aloy? To Jada, Spider-Man to Akeem, the other way around. We give Spider-Man to Jada and Aloy to Akeem. So Aloy was more popular than Spider-Man in our poll. She's a PlayStation character. Spider-Man was created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko yeah. in 1962. Exactly, yeah. So he was you making know? transistor radios back then. Get out of here. Uh, who was who again? I'm sorry, I lost it. Akeem got the points. Akeem got the point. All right, Jada, to you. These next two answers, Joel slash Ellie... Or Jin Sakai. Oh, and this is the same thing? Same same question. Are Joel and Ellie fighting as one yeah, they're, creature? Yeah, they're like ice climbers. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give Joel and Ellie to Max. I'm going to give Jin Sakai to Akeem. Max gets three points. Sick. Wow. Really? Yeah. I yeah. figured I figured like Samurai Swordsman would be way better character. More, more popular character. But I mean, you can't you can't dispute the uh, popularity of The True. Last of Us. It is more recent. Yep. All right, somehow. Akeem. The last two answers on the board here. <laughs> Atreus, since Kratos was already in the first game, or a Bloodborne Hunter? <laughs> oh wow! I mean, uh, so who, <laughs> I already I already know Atreus probably won this, uh, and okay. because you know, I got to return the favor to Max. Max, you get Atreus. You're n <laughs> uh -huh. well, what? Thanks, no, I, thanks. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't give Max Bloodborne. Shame on you. No, I you did know, not. I know what you're doing. I know, what you, I know that you know what you're doing. Atreus was the more popular answer. What? Max gets another. Yeah. He, he was. I'm by, mad at everyone yeah. now. Sorry, what, Max. What did you? Come yeah. on, now, Max. You're Max, so really? mad to be winning now. We keep yeah. doing these episodes with Bloodborne. <laughs> you're so just on Bloodborne. And it's, you, it's a very good game. It's a very Bloodborne good game, but I think, you're, I think you're still overestimating the popularity of this game. Yeah, but I just think it's like, it's, um, I don't know. You don't even, you, like, I, you, you like Atreus is like you press square and he shoots arrows at stuff. Like I don't know, it's kind of it's weird for him to get his own thing there. I feel like he should just hang out on Kratos' back. I mean, he's like got to step out of he's got to step into the spotlight yeah. on his own eventually, right? That's true. Right, yeah. He also true. says cool stuff like a fista and whatever he's mutter he's mummering when he's shooting those arrows. Don't forget about that, Max. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's casting. <laughs> yeah, well, Bloodborne Hunter says cool stuff like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with that, uh, Max wins the game with a total of 11 points, Akeem with three, and Jada with a big fat donut. Yeah! Uh, as your prize, Max. Ooh. Should it be the same prize as last week? You get 15 uninterrupted seconds to have any opinion you can want. I just, can I go hard? Can I go like You can go bit? real okay, hard go, with okay. this. Go ahead. Wow, it's like I prepared a speech. So... After Microsoft's shopping spree of studio acquisitions over the last few years, there's a long list of video game licenses that are now technically first-party Xbox properties. But possibly the weirdest outcome is that PlayStation's biggest competitor is now the home of its original mascot, Crash Bandicoot. 
If you grew up in the 90s, Crash and PlayStation were almost synonymous. Not only were the first few Crash games amazing tech demos of what Sony's first console could do, Crash himself was an extremely vocal hype man. The mascot platformer became a literal mascot for the PS1, and millions of people likely heard about Sony's new console from a guy in a fursuit yelling through a megaphone about it in TV commercials. I think we all remember those. The first three Crash games were published by Sony, but the rights to the Bandicoot himself belonged to Universal Studios' video game publishing wing, Universal Interactive, who also happened to be holding the leash of Sony's second most popular platformer, Spyro the Dragon. Now, in 2001, Sony acquired Naughty Dog, the studio that created Crash. You've probably heard of them. Universal Interactive merged with another company to become Vivendi Universal Interactive Publishing. Now, if you're following here, uh, there was another merger in 2008. Vivendi became part of Activision Blizzard. And then after, at that point, after a bunch of like mediocre games and of course the decline of, you know, 3D platformers in general, the custody rights for Crash weren't really what most people were thinking about there. Then, at the 2015 PlayStation Experience, head honcho Sean Layden appeared on stage in a Crash t-shirt and a generation of PlayStation fans went insane. Was the prodigal Bandicoot returning home? Well, 2016 turned out to be the year of the Bandicoot and Crash's 20th anniversary victory lap saw him popping up all over the place. He appeared in a Naughty Dog game for the first time this century. It was an Uncharted game, but still. And then he was the guest of honor in Skylanders Imaginators, which was that Spyro spinoff that had spun out of control. And then finally, Activision Blizzard opened the nostalgia floodgates and full modern remakes of the original trilogy and Crash Team Racing paved the way for a long overdue sequel, Crash 4, It's About Time. And it seemed like Crash Bandicoot and PlayStation had rekindled that special connection that they had in the 90s. Kind of an open relationship, so, you know, Crash could be on other platforms. But still, the spark was back. At least that's how it felt until Microsoft ran off with Activision Blizzard and bandicoots and dragons and all. And so Sony might own Naughty Dog and Insomniac, the studios that created some of PlayStation's earliest and most recognizable characters, but those characters themselves have officially packed their bags and moved in with their ex's worst enemy. So who knows, maybe the next time we see Crash, he'll be in the parking lot of PlayStation headquarters, yelling through a megaphone about the wonders of Xbox Game Pass in front of a pickup truck full of Series X's. But hey, Stranger things have happened. There was a time when the idea of playing a Sega game on a Nintendo system was basically blasphemous, and now that's not only commonplace, we have six entire games about Mario and Sonic going to the, the Olympics together for some reason. <laughs> that was longer um, than 15 seconds. That was seconds. not 15 seconds, yeah, but, you sir. Know, you milked that. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, right. I don't know. That's something I've been thinking about for a while. It's just sort of weird how, like, we've joked on this show about, like, Crash Bandicoot's divorce being, like, an idea for a Naughty Dog game, but that sort of just happened, you know? Mm -hmm. Like... A little too close to home? Yeah, I know. It's, it, it's hard. It's hard. But, I, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, obviously, like, Sony's in a weird spot in terms of, like, you know, character IP. We, we talk about, like, you know, PlayStation All-Stars, mm -hmm. um, Battle Royale, Brawl to the Rescue, whatever it's called. Um, but, like... It's they've got a you know like a stable of characters, but like I feel like some of the ones that you know like they don't like who's who's their Mario at this point? Yeah, Parappa. The, yes, it's Parappa. I mean, Parappa. Did you like say Parappa? Fun. We haven't, we, but we haven't seen Parappa in such a long time, you know. So and I, that's I don't why think... we need him. He needs yeah. to make a comeback. We, we also haven't seen album. Gex. I want Gex. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Gex is an embracer property now. He got he was belonged to Crystal Dynamics, which got scooped up by them. So maybe. I don't care. Bring back Gex. <laughs> I, I just want Gex, Gex. Period. Is, Gex is good. Gex is a good candidate. I mean, we're all the like main PlayStation characters that we have right now. Like none of them are kind of those fun, cartoony vibes that like that was Crash Bandicoot, Spyro. Like I mean, we got Ratchet. That's Ratchet and Clank that kind of fits I that bill. That's like their that's yeah, their maybe that's one. the closest. Like yeah. we need we need Sly to come back. We need uh, Jack and Daxter to come back. We need like yes. they these icons are there. Sony has yep. these mascots. Mm -hmm. They just I don't know. <laughs> yes, uh, and Knack. Knack. And oh Knack, my god! Of How course. did I forget about Knack? Knack is oh. like to life as water is to like essential <laughs> needs. Yes. Um, like we have to have water just like we have to have Knack. Um, so like maybe we need a new Knack game. Like. I'm not even a big Knack fan, but you know what? I'm not going to deny that there are, is a rabid fan base out there that wants more Knack. So rabid, they are rabid. They're they got rabid. some kind of diseases, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I think it's it's this is something that I have been sort of noticing because I have a small child at home, and suddenly the amount of games that I can play in her presence has kind of like I'm not going to put on The Last of Us, right? You know. Yeah. Like, I, she doesn't need to see horrible things getting smashed in the face with bottles. Like, you know, she can watch the news for that. But, like, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's 
it, I kind of do wish we did. I mean, Ratchet and Clank is probably the, the best example of that. Right. You know, Spider-Man yeah. kind of. But again, that's like, you know, that's not. Spider-Man's getting into some different territory. Yeah, it's there. a whole other thing. So you're not thinking PlayStation when you think of Spider-Man, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, um, let's get into some news here. Speaking of Marvel and Spider-Man and all that, we got news this week that I have mixed feelings about. Uh, Marvel and Electronic Arts have signed a three-game deal that's going to be starting with the Iron Man game that's in the works from EA Motive. Uh, this is a deal that's going to go on for, uh, for 10 years. And I, I just feel like the last time we heard about EA getting a 10-year deal for a beloved intellectual property was with Star Wars. And I, I guess I don't, I don't have a good feeling about this. <laughs> Perhaps but, I even have a bad feeling about but Max, this. Max, <laughs> Battlefront was so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. You know, I. It's. It's just. It, they could have. They could have just like. I. I would have preferred we got ambitious shovelware than just like these sort of yeah. over. You know, over nitpick things that wound up being like for everybody and nobody at once. Let's. But let's be real. Like, so EA does have some very talented studios under their belt. Like, they're not all great. Like, a lot of studios have these underperformers and they have their overperformers. Respawn is one of those overperformers I would say at EA. Yes. Apex Legends, Jedi Fallen Order, Respawn knows what they're doing when it comes to making these very engaging story-driven games. Respawn like pulls up in a backwards chair with like a backwards head like, "Hey, I'm not like those other electronic arts." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um and so I'm really excited for this EA Marvel deal. As long as Respawn gets to make a game. There's also, you know, we had Anthem, which bombed because of just, you know, the tail end problems and not supporting the game. I mean, they already made half an Iron Man game right exactly. there. So, yeah. so, like, there is this... I am cautiously optimistic about this deal mm -hmm. is the best I mean, way I can the, put it. The good news is I, there's not there's nothing to be worried about because it's not an exclusive deal. Like, Insomniac is still obviously making Wolverine and Spider-Man mm -hmm. 2. Uh, and there are probably other studios out there doing stuff that I forgot got announced. But we got like, the Amy Hennig, Black Panther, right, exactly. Captain in America game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's, you know, if anything, this is cool because this means we're going to get, you know, more Marvel stuff across the board. And it's also, uh, it's, you know, it's going to be big AAA Marvel stuff, which I, I we've seen this thing kind of brewing slowly where like there was a cool minute there where like marvel games sucked you know oh, for a long time like there's a lot of really bad marvel games out there and it's taking taking you know some time to sort of rein all that stuff in and we just you know we've spider-man is like a very good kind of beginning to that but like i feel like you know dc kind of had uh, a little bit of a head start on them with the arkham games which mm -hmm. you know we're doing their own thing but um, outside of the marvel ultimate alliance games what was your favorite like marvel game if you like look back at the lens like ps3 ps4 i love the, the high moon studios deadpool game okay it also was one of those games that was like a it was a very charming seven like yeah. it, it totally it had the feeling of like this should have been in the oven for like another six months uh, but it was that had that did some just wonderfully like very deadpooly stuff there was a part where like you started a mission and like you know it's a third person shooter um and like Deadpool starts walking and it's a it's one of those things where it comes out of a cutscene and he starts walking and like the camera stays put and he turns around and he's like are you coming and so you like follow him and it's just it's <laughs> like it was you know just like, like little cute fourth wall breaky thing like that but um yeah I don't know that was a good one how about you Akeem uh, I'd have to say well I guess it was the games that kind of um that that spawned the Ultimate Alliance series and the the, the X Men the early X Men games oh the X Men Legends uh, yeah the X Men Legends those games um I, I would have to say that uh i mean I, I love i mentioned this actually last well, last time i was on the on the show uh spider-man uh shattered dimensions mm. i was a huge fan of that of that game uh but i mean i don't know i'm really excited to see uh what they do what they're doing with this iron man game because uh i mean i played that uh that vr game the iron man vr mm. game i wasn't I, I i wasn't a big fan of it i'm, I'm a and i'm a big proponent for vr i have two meta quests uh, just lying about here, and you know, I'm I, I'm definitely looking forward to like jumping into some some Marvel games, uh, not in VR, just getting back into the saddle as Iron Man. I would love to see what they're working on uh, regarding that. That was such a, a cool idea. I, I think there's an odd disconnect of character-based games in first person, where mm -hmm. like obviously it's cool to be in Iron Man's armor, and there's very much like sort of a simulation angle, especially with doing the you know the hand stuff with the controllers, but. I think it's also something there's some something very like toyetic about being able to see the character you're playing as which yeah. you know yeah. I don't know if Spider-Man was in first person that would be Vomit City but also like 
And you're kind of like, I want to see Spider-Man. There was a, there was a, wasn't there like a, a mod or like, didn't we see a VR version of Spider-Man, Josh? I don't know we if it was VR. They did a, they did a first person. First person, that's Spider-Man what Spider-Man mod. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's exactly what you think it is. Vomit <laughs> <laughs> uh, inducing. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a favorite Marvel game looking back? Yeah, I was, I mean, I had trouble remembering like any, uh, I was like more of a DC guy growing up than Marvel, but I have vivid memories of renting uh the spider-man 2 like movie game Mm. from blockbuster uh i don't even think i had a i I, like i don't think i knew that i needed a memory card so i'd always rent it and just start over every time and i was just like this is so much fun like i like (laughs) it was great like i that that's my that's like the last like marvel game i can think of that i was like yeah i love video games you know one that really i wouldn't call it my favorite but one that really kind of uh was a was was a solid showing was the captain america game um for the ps3 and 360 yeah that was like a kind of that was the tie-in for the movie it was yeah it was a tie-in for the movie it had the combat very similar to arkham Mm -hmm. um and i think that's why it worked so well is because the the gameplay was great the story was fine whatever it wasn't like a blockbuster like oh my god you need to go play this captain america game but it just it was probably the best showing for captain america that i've ever had in a game um and I, I think that's even with the new Marvel Avengers. Um, like, I really enjoyed playing as Cap. And Cap has never been one of my favorite characters. And so for me to pick up this game and play it, and I was like, this is actually kind of decent. Um, so, you know, don't rush out and play it. But, you know, if you get a chance, you know, mm-hmm. put a couple hours in Captain America and the, see if you like it. The weird issue with, with superhero games in general is that every power has to be a mechanic, basically. Yeah. Yep. And if you're doing a team, you pretty much are spreading yourself thin, which I think is why like Spider-Man and Batman work so well, because they can just refine one character. Yep. That's part of the problem that, you know, Avengers had with that. Um, and I think it's some of the best ones that do that, that take that approach, have like a much different scale, like Ultimate Alliance and uh, Lego Marvel Super Heroes is one of the most like, that's one of the best Marvel games, period. Like, it's just it, the amount of characters in there and the amount of stuff they do with them is really impressive. And it also uh, managed to uh, squeak by and do a bunch of like... Um, like they had X-Men and Spider-Man and Avengers all in the same game. And it, it felt like uh, breaking some kind of rule to have them all playing together in the same sample. And then the second game uh, took out basically all the Fox properties, which was kind of kind of dumb. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, what, what, what do you want to see out of this EA thing aside from Iron Man? Man, I don't know. That's a good question. I, you know, I, I kind of said I want Respawn to tackle something. I want to see Respawn tackle Daredevil. I would like to see Respawn do that. I think their third he does, person... He does wall run. He does wall run. I was I was like kind of racking my brain, like, which which third person like character? I would like to see them... I would like, You know, they've got that experience when it comes to the Titanfall series. Um, I think they're, they've got a really good knack for um, melee combat when it comes to Jedi Fallen Order, and I think that would be a, a premium um, expertise when it comes to making a Daredevil game where your character is blind. So, like, you have... The combat has to be done in done like has to be an 11 out of 10 on the combat like because that's all that's what that's what daredevil's about and the old daredevil games just really didn't do that so um i completely forgot about this old daredevil game yeah i was just pulling that up i remember like reading previews for this a million years ago and it was one of the i think it was one of the first games that did that like basically arkham detective vision Mm -hmm. which makes way more sense in the case of you know daredevil because he's like i get this and uh predator concrete jungle mixed up (laughs) because <laughs> they're both involved yes. like a dude who can go into heat vision more or less or has like you know jumping around we're gonna have a lot of uh predator we don't need to start talking about predator next we, week. Yeah, <laughs> we have some predator stuff in store um you know daredevil is a great a great example because that's a character who is again it's one one character yeah fairly like i mean i think doing like a any game where you're like oh you're like <laughs> telekinetic psychic who can who can also fly like a, mm-hmm. doing like a phoenix game would be like a mess oh that would be cur- that yeah. would be too much yeah but like daredevil like he throws but if anybody was gonna try it 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 would be ea they would try it (laughs) uh punisher as a shooter i think our producer dropped that in here that is i think a really so yeah we do just max Payne. pretty much yeah i mean yeah with the skull on the shirt i don't know that's one of those you know ips that obviously disney's not really quite sure what to do with the punisher Mm -hmm. which made sense in netflix but i think you know uh making an m-rated video game pretty much fair game over there you know makes sense yeah i can see that there's we've we're looking at some images of the Punisher here, doing punishing stuff. 
I don't know. Beautiful. Like, I was, I was going to say, you know, the, the reason why I loved uh, Ultimate Alliance is because it brought together so many different, uh, so many different characters into one game. Uh, I would love to see them. I don't. This is probably. I'm just shooting for for the stars here or for the moon, whichever one. Um, like I would love to see them kind of like tackle like some of the big Marvel events, like you know, Civil War, or the Secret Wars, or something like that. I don't know if it'll ever happen. That's just Fortnite, dude. <laughs> uh, Secret War was like true. the original Secret War was totally just like the first battle royale where just a bunch of characters <laughs> were arbitrarily dropped into this area and forced to fight each other for reasons that didn't really make sense. Yep. And then Spider Man got a new costume. Um, again, my pr producer's just like dropping Super Smash Brothers version of Secret Wars. Yeah, there I mean, look, I mean yeah. we have like Marvel versus Capcom, which is pretty much that. Like, that's a very, very good. There mm -hmm. was a there was that one Marvel game that that Marvel fighting game. I forget what it was oh, called. Oh, uh, it was in. Not, it was. They it had all these extra in, characters in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, was it Inhumans? Was it like the Inhumans or Masters something? Masters of the Kasi. <laughs> Um, I know which one you're talking about because yeah. it like used like like that green font and stuff yes. like that. Yes, uh, we're experts. Oh, I swear, Nemesis: Rise of the Imperfects. Imperfects is what. Yeah, it was. they had all these. They added like half the roster as these like original characters. The only one I remember was Johnny Ohm because uh, he had electric powers, and Ohm is a measure of electricity. So that's really cool, right? right. Here's yeah. your science tip for the day, everybody. There, you there go. was that one of the last. I guess it was probably the last X Men game that came out. Um, for consoles was the was it silicon knights the x-men destiny or whatever yep mm -hmm. where it was like you got to play as one of three original characters they created just for the video game and you get to hang out with all your favorite characters instead of playing as them it's always the it's always such a, a an interesting idea when these studios try to take and put you in this world and let you create your own thing it's kind of like it's cool but you're so limited by the developers imaginations it's like trying to make a green lantern game you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, right. which I think they did. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, it's like, oh, I would do this and this and this with the ring. But like, oh, the developers didn't think of this. So I mean, the best Green Lantern game is Scribble Knots. Yeah. Yes, hundred percent. Right. Exactly. That is yeah. the best Green Lantern game. You can't game. do anything else with that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know. More Marvel games is fun. I like them. I like them superheroes. And what's also, I don't know. It's a nice change of pace from the MCU. Like, it's something. It's a sort of different different timeline there. Yeah. Now shifting gears, we also got PlayStation Plus games, which I probably should have mentioned earlier when we were talking about playstation plus for 45 minutes but uh yeah the games uh as of november 1st neo 2 neo 2 remastered depending on if you're on ps4 or ps5 uh the harry potter collection on ps4 and then heavenly bodies on ps4 and ps5 this is i think this is a new one i don't know this one this one is a uh, ever-changing nuances of weightless motion in this challenging challenging physics game which that looks kind of cool a little astronaut game yeah it's one i haven't played so it yeah so those are as uh, by the time you hear this, you have no longer got the chance to download Hot Wheels Unleashed. So if you didn't get it, that's too bad for you. No, yeah. no, no trucks. team, no team in T van for you to race around on. Yeah. Now, um, we did a little thing. I guess this is not so much timely anymore because Halloween is over. But we did that's yesterday a community segment audience choice debate on the best horror games jada yeah so you know i mentioned it in the last week episode that we were doing a horror face-off um and we had our ign readers vote on their top horror game um of all time um what did you guys think what did you guys what were your guys guesses for number one i was not surprised by what got number one okay so you know did you see what it was I Josh? Mean, yeah i yes i did see it okay actually. yeah Okay. I have not seen it because I'm a good student. I don't cheat. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm just going to go with uh, maybe this. Is it? Can we go with franchises? Entire it's, franchises? It's specific or? games. It's a specific oh, game. Oh, okay. Pick a franchise. Just, just because it's, it's hot right now, I'm going to say Silent Hill 2. Yeah, that's it. Silent Hill 2 ah. is our number one game. It had it won 19,784 face-offs out of the 22,348 it was put up against. So that was like a, I can't remember what the percentage, I think it was like 88 or like 91% uh, win percentage. Um, but yeah, Silent Hill 2 was the number one. Um, in the top 10, we had uh, Silent Hill 2, Resident Evil 2 Remake, Resident Evil 7, Dead Space, Resident Evil 4, Silent Hill 1, Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil 2, Silent Hill 3, Resident Evil Remake, and then bringing up number 11 was PT. Um, Damn. Yeah. 
That's so all. It's <laughs> nothing but Resident Evil and Silent Hill. Yeah, Jeez, right? dude. I was very happy that you know at least Dead Space you know cracked the yeah. top ten, which what is great. About Parasite Eve. <laughs> Parasite, Parasite Eve was Eve, in yeah. there. Uh, Parasite Eve, I believe, was in there. Let me check that positioning for it. Um, but uh, Max, do you know where? Your Bloodborne. Well, you wrote placed. the answers to your test did, on my homework sheet. I did so. write it on your homework sheet. So, <laughs> um, if I had to guess, I would say number twenty-one. Yes, you were right. It was number twenty-one. Um, I probably should have kept that in my own notes, but it's okay. Whatever. Bloodborne. Apparently, a lot of our audience, you know, out of the hundred and twenty-two games that were in the list, uh, you know, it's too scary. It's twenty-one. Not enough of them played it. That's why it's it's the scariest. Um, just above that was Evil Within one and two, which took slots nineteen and twenty. Uh, Where was Amnesia? See. Amnesia, I actually just came up on. Amnesia The Dark Descent, 25, wow. with a 64% win percentage. No way. That game is terrifying. Uh, wow. We've got other, let's see, you were asking for Parasite Eve. Uh, while I'm going through a couple, Phasmophobia was at 42. Inside at 45. Huh. Uh, Condemned, uh, number 48. With a fifty-four point five percent win percentage, little uh, little fun game back we on need, the. We need, we just need a new franchise to take over. I'm like, I'm tired of seeing Resident, Resident Evil Hill and yeah, Resident Hill all <laughs> over these lists all the, the time. The best crossover ever. Yeah, like Akeem was so easily able to guess Silent Hill too, and I'm like, yeah, I guess yeah. it's a scary game, but like, come on, we, don't, we I want to see some like fresh names. Yeah. So I like found, not only that, we need to bring some back. Like, what about Clock Tower? Remember mm -hmm. Clock Towers? Didn't remember that? Like I don't know oh, yeah, where that if that's even on the list. If I all. I included it on the list. Uh, where do you want to guess Parasite Eve ended up at? Because I just Ooh, found at, it. Thirty-seven out of a list of how many? One hundred and twenty-two. Wow. Oh, let's say forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, uh, forty-five. Fifty-eight. Oh my gosh. And it had a forty-nine percent win percentage. Dino Crisis at sixty, because um, running from dinosaurs is scary um but yeah there's you know there was a lot of stuff we we polled the audience i actually got a bunch of uh suggestions from the audience uh to include in the poll uh things that were popular were slay the princess uh scarlet hollow um doki doki literature club uh, a lot of stuff that we oh and the suffering was another big one that people were very excited uh there's your clock tower i found your clock tower uh the I first got your clock tower right here uh you know <laughs> uh clock tower uh, placed 83rd Woo. with a 39.8 win percentage hmm. um, right in between Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted at 82 and Five Nights at Freddy's <laughs> 3 at 84. Five Nights at Freddy's Sandwich. Yes. Uh, and then Clock Tower 2, just a couple down below at 87. So we had a, we had a you know, there was a good list in there. It's just uh, the, the most popular ones are most popular for a reason. Yeah. So yeah, fair. Fair. But I definitely want to see more of these. Like, I, we need new horror genres. You know, I yeah. want to. See, when's the next Eternal Darkness? Like, yeah. that one's on the mm. list. I think that one was like in the '60s or '40s. Um, I loved Eternal Darkness. Probably one of my top ten GameCube games. Like, I need a new game like that. Oh, Jada, can I ask you real quick? What, where does yeah. the forest fall on that list? I'm kind of curious. Yeah, forest. I actually just passed up, and that was at do 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 uh sixty five. Uh, 65 46 oh, wow. percent win percentage and if you're listening and want to know about your favorite obscure scary game where it is on the list look it up it's on the website yep you can go to Easy. yeah just check ign face offs the best of horror games nice um cool well thank you all for joining me this has been a blast um jay is there anything us. else you want to plug uh nothing yet we got some stuff that's brewing i'm really excited for next episode yeah that we've we, already recorded if we seem a little wobbly it's because we just recorded next week's episode before we did this one we're gonna have like there's gonna be a whole time warp it's a little thing. bit weird um but yeah next we're at the office is closed next tuesday and then there's just a bunch of dumb stuff going on and then brian uh got sick at the last minute so we're just we're just scrambling and figuring stuff out but thank you for bearing with us through all of the hiccups and nonsense and whatnot uh Josh, do what, where can people find you? What can what can they go check out? Uh, check me out on Twitter, where I'm just tweeting once a week. So okay, keep it up. <laughs> Thanks. Your quota. Just uh, you know, bare minimum. Yeah. And Akeem, what about you? Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, right here at IGN. Um, I host the Entertainment Fix every single week. Also, you can find me on socials at Geek Heavy, where I post a bunch of just weird stuff um, on the internet that hopefully you'll enjoy. You post, you post some very horrible things on there sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, I have, I have an entire prop closet, so I have to take advantage of it. But you know? no And then. also, just to let you know, Max, I'm going to – so I have – and everyone listening, uh, I, I have a soundboard, which I will premiere next time I'm on, uh, and I have a lot of other things planned, like 
I have this right here, which doesn't, of course, testing. No, of course. Yeah, I'm going to premiere the props on okay. the show next episode. <laughs> next, uh, next episode. So stay tuned. We'll, fi- we'll figure yeah, it next, out. Yeah, next, next um, episode. Well, yeah. thank you all for joining me. I have, what do I have to plug? Oh, um, the biggest games of November 2022. I do that monthly game video of all the games that come mm-hmm. out. And if you like the games, go and check that out. And there's also one uh, about streaming movies and shows, which I haven't filmed yet because it's been a st- stupid week. We got to get around to that. Uh, and if you've been following Andor, the Star Wars show, I also do Cannon Fodder, which is a weekly kind of uh, Easter egg breakdown type of show. So go take a look at those. Uh, on that note, this episode was executive produced by Brian Altano, Dan Parkhurst, and Corrado Corretto. Produced by Red Rigos with an assist by Joe Bertatienza and Dave Tool in the control room. And thanks to the panel, etc., etc. We already said where we, people can find you. Uh, huge thanks to everybody listening at home. Thank you for bearing with us, and thank you for letting us have fun and do this. And we hope you enjoyed yourself. We will see you next time to talk God of War Ragnarok. Woo! Bye-bye. Bye! Beyond. Beyond. Oh, yeah, beyond. That's what I was supposed to say that at the end. Yeah, beyond. <laughs> Hi, I'm S.E., one of the hosts of Bitches on Comics, the most welcoming place for LGBTQ plus folks and women to chat comics, fiction, and pop culture. Bitches are both wanted and encouraged on our podcast. We speak with amazing guests about the media they've created, critiqued, and loved. And you don't have to just take our word for the great time we're having over here. We've been named a Best Comic Book Podcast by several publications, including Book Riot, The Mary Sue, and Comic Book Herald. So tune in and listen to us talk with your faves like Carmen Maria Machado, Amy Chu, Mari Naomi, Anthony Oliveira, and many, many others. Our whole goal is to include more folks in the comic book and pop culture world and to help new readers find comics and speculative books they'll love, with no shade for being new. You can find Bitches on Comics wherever you get your podcasts, and you can learn more at bitchesoncomics.com.